take a minute to to do something for yourself mm -hmm. out of the whole entire 24 hours that we have you need to take time for yourself because if you don't nobody else is going to do it for you Hello, and thank you for joining me here on Hope to Recharge podcast, the podcast that's designed to break the stigma around mental health and to create some hope and inspiration and give some practical tips to those that are struggling with mental health, whether it's from personal stories to break the stigma or some advice from professionals in the mental health community. Whether you are struggling with mental health on your own or you know a loved one that is struggling, we are here to support you and to create a community so you you know you are not alone. The road to recovery can be difficult and challenging. At Hope to Recharge, we believe that in mental health, together is always better. I'm your host, Matana. Thank you for joining me here today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com, the online platform for therapy. Are you thinking of starting therapy or are you in need of a new therapist? Go to BetterHelp.com and find the therapist that meets your need. You can access them from your phone, from your tablet, from your computer. No matter where you are in the world, no matter what time of day, you can find your therapist that fits your need. BetterHelp is giving us 10% off the first month. They are so affordable. Go check them out. BetterHelp.com forward slash Hope to recharge. That's betterhelp.com forward slash hope to recharge. Gift yourself therapy. Go get yourself wellness. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us and thank you for tuning in to Hope to Recharge. We're actually doing a a little bit of an interesting episode today. I'm interviewing Jennifer Reed. Jennifer Reed reached out to me to hear about my role as a wife plus life because she has a podcast called Mom to Wife Plus Life. I told her it's a tongue twister. She interviews moms that take life to the next level with being married, juggling, hustling, and she wanted to interview me. And very fast into our conversation, I said, I want you you on my podcast because there's so much that I would like to share about your life with my audience. And we decided that we're going to do kind of a pod swap <laughs> and we'll share for each other what we can share for our communities. So Jennifer, thank you for joining me here today. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> thank you for having me on and thank you for <laughs> yes. Finding me, the mom plus what? Again, say it again. Mom, mom to wife plus life. <laughs> mom to wife plus life. plus life. Yes. And by the way, that name just shows just because it's a tongue twister, it just it represents our life because our life is such a pretzel of being everywhere and trying to juggle everything, right? It's a hot mess pretzel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why I asked Jennifer to come on our podcast was because she had really a story of hope on so many levels. Um, she grew up at in a military home. Her mom was in the military. She she experienced hope there. Then she married someone that was in the military and she's experiencing hope there with challenges of PTSD, post-trauma, anxiety, some depression, some a lot of mental health issues that are coming up through life and in her own personal life as well from a trauma that she experienced at work that she needed to take a leave of absence in order to take care of herself, in order that she can be a good wife and a good mom and a good human. So I wanted to share her story with you, the story of courage and, and give some insights for those that are living with someone with PTSD. I think she can really give us insights because after speaking to her for a few minutes, I realized she really gets it. She gets what it's like to create that hope, to create that space for healing, not getting in the way of healing, but still um, helping those that are healing and not judging. Am I saying it correct, Jennifer? Yes. No, that is totally correct. I mean, I will not say that I don't judge because I'm only human, but I do, I get kind of envious that people handle it a little bit better than I do. You know, like, again, I'm only human. So here we go. That's the disclaimer that I have. <laughs> she tries her best. She really tries her best. Um, give us a little bit of a background why you started your podcast. Mainly, I started it for myself, um, just to kind of talk about everyday issues as women, as moms, as wives. Um, when I first started it, I was 
technically a fiance, so it wasn't a wife just yet. It was more of like the daily struggles. And, you know, I was scrolling on Facebook. I was scrolling on Instagram because what else do you do when you're bored? You see all these like happy-go-lucky stories and you're just, you kind of get a little envious and you're like, well, they have such a perfect life. And I'm sitting here miserable, crying, you know, wiping away tears, hiding tears from my husband, my kid, you know, stuffing Oreos in my mouth, (laughs) Mm -hmm. things like that, you know? And so I just, I just wanted to like get on and start something that, you know, other people can relate to because life isn't perfect. It's a hot mess. And as women, as moms, we go through a whole bunch of stuff that nobody really wants to talk about. Nobody really wants to say the ugly truth. Started off as healing for myself and therapy for myself. Like I said, I was going to therapy um, when we had the conversation between us. Mm -hmm. I was going to therapy and I was driving across town for like 30 plus minutes just to sit on someone's couch just to cry and come home and cry again. And I wasn't getting anything out of it. You know, I wasn't getting any healing. I wasn't getting any uh, problem solving, I guess you want to say, or tools to solve it. So this is the best way I could do it is to talk it out either to somebody or to nobody. (laughs) Or to the world and help the world. I think one of the biggest forms of healing and self-healing is giving. And, and it's incredible that you created that space to heal yourself while you're giving others permission to heal themselves. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never looked at it that way, to be honest, but I'm glad you said that. I, I really admire that. And I think it takes so much courage to say, I'm doing this to heal myself, to create a place that I can vent, that could speak out loud. First of all, acknowledging that speaking out loud is therapeutic, even if it's to our microphone. Isn't (laughs) that amazing that even speaking out to a microphone, not in front of anybody that we don't, when we record, we don't know that someone's going to hear, but there's something about letting out the words and talking it out or writing out the script, what what we want to talk about is gives us clarity and it gives us a sense of maybe at the time we want to cry and maybe we want to be sad, but it gives us time to process the feelings of what we're going through. I love just talking it out because I feel so much better afterwards. I feel like it's kind of off my shoulders and kind of out into the world. And it's like, okay, I can take a breath for a second. Mm. I don't really have to deal with it. So it's kind of like release, you know? Wow. That's really incredible. How has the journey of podcasting going for you? And is it is it a therapeutic experience? Um, it's going pretty well. Like I kind of, I've been in and out of it for the past year. Um, so I think November marked our year anniversary of doing the podcast. I'm actually getting more back into it because I have a lot going on and I feel like I have a lot to say. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm trying to get back into it, trying to make it more of a profitable biz- business for myself as a way to generate income for my family. And mm-hmm. then also just to kind of do what God put me on this earth to do is to share my story and help others. So are you feeling fulfilled? Somewhat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to say yes, but I I feel like, you know, some days or I feel like, okay, that was good. I I did a good message. I feel like I impacted somebody. Mm -hmm. And then other days I'm just like, well, that was kind of a (laughs) A rant. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe people need to hear rants and maybe they can relate to it. And maybe that's okay. Maybe it's okay that we're not perfect. I do on my podcast. I say sometimes I start off with a rant and then I go into like a message because sometimes I just need to get a rant out (laughs) and then kind of explain, okay, this is how I healed from this rant. This is how I healed and, or this is what I I feel like I should be doing. So (laughs) one of the two. Do you have a big audience of moms? I do. I have a big audience of like young moms, honestly, (laughs) mid-aged moms, but Mm -hmm. young moms because, you know, podcast is pretty kind of hip the youngsters, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm only 31 myself, so I wouldn't consider myself middle-aged, but mm-hmm. I'm creeping up there. I think that a lot of young moms are realizing that, you know, they don't have to be stuck in this role and feel the mom guilt all the time. And I stress that a hundred percent because I go through the mom guilt maybe 10 plus times a day. So mm-hmm. I feel it's a natural emotion. A lot of moms don't really express it they just go oh i feel guilty for that one incident but then they don't talk about the other 10 plus incidents that happen throughout the day that cause that guilt it's it's a constant 
tug of war between yourself. So, so what is this mom guilt you speak of? Um, mom guilt. Um, I want to say it's different for everybody. For me, it's it's not doing enough. I feel like I have all the time in the world, but then I compact my time with other important, with non-important things or semi-important things and not really focus on my child. I feel it all the time. So I try to like make up for it. I'm like, okay, we'll do girls night. Or we'll do like movie night or we'll do like Barbie playtime. And it's just like, I shouldn't have to like schedule time for my kid. I should just naturally just do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel guilty for that. You know, I feel, and that's, I do it purposely not purposely, but I do it by accident all the time. I need to be better about it. That's one of my goals for 2020 is to be more present in my kid's life because they're only little for so long. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of moms, they kind of feel like their kids are growing up way too fast. I feel that too. And of course you're a mom, you have five children, you feel that too, you know, Mm -hmm. they just grow up way too fast. And sometimes you're missing out on things that you could have been there for. And you don't want to regret it? Exactly. The regret. That's the biggest thing. It's like, oh, you know, if you say my my daughter is eight years old. So I'm just going to use her as an example. She's eight years old. So she's going through this whole preteen phase. And I'm kind of like... I missed the, like, where she needed me phase. I'm like, what happened to, like, the whole, like, mom, wipe my butt (laughs) phase, you know? Like, I missed that phase. And it's like, I'm not as needed anymore. And it's like, I missed out on all of that because I was too busy doing, I don't know what at the time, you know? And it's, I don't want to say sabotaging yourself, but you start, what's the word I'm looking for? Self-beating down on yourself. Yes. You start, you start beating yourself up for things that you really had no control over. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the day, you realize you do have some control over what happens in your day-to-day functions, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of the mom guilt. Like I said, it's a constant battle and everybody's journey with the mom guilt is totally different. It could be, you know, you're spending too much time with your kids and not enough on your business or mm-hmm. vice versa. So mm-hmm. first of all, for you to have that emotion, that's big because sometimes we don't do, we don't tap into that emotion until they're like married with their own children. Exactly. And, <laughs> and the fact that you, they're eight, your daughter's eight and you're realizing that you miss something that says a lot about you and your presence in, their, in her life. I'm wondering, what was it like for you when you grew up and your mom was in the military? Did you feel that she missed out a lot on your life? She definitely missed out on a lot. I think that's one of the things that's driving me not to miss out on my daughter's moments is to always try to make it to as many things as she asked me to be there for. Because I did a lot of sports growing up. I was in a lot of activities. Um, I can tell you I was in dance. I was in tennis. I was in softball. I even did soccer for like a week. Wow. <laughs> you know, I was in cheerleading and I had asked my mom to come to all these events. And most of the time she usually had the day off or, you know, she was at home and she could have came, but she just chose not to. And, you know, I always said I would never do that to my kids. Did you tell that to her at the time? I eventually told it to her when we got into this big argument. I mean, we've had so many big arguments as me being an adult. She's kind of, disclaimer, she's kind of in my life at the moment, but not fully invested because I have to keep that boundary with her Mm -hmm. up. Right now, she's kind of just the grandma we call on special occasions. Growing up, I've always wanted her to be there for things. And, you know, a part of me kind of felt like she should have been there. And here's the messed up part about it is she was always there for my brother's events, but never for mine. Mm. So how how many siblings are you? I am the oldest. I'm the oldest. My brother, I have a little brother. So Mm -hmm. we're three years apart. Okay. So you have one brother and you're three years apart and she was always showing, you felt like she was always showing up for your brother, but not for you. Yeah. And she still does that to this day. What did she do in the military? I think she was a secretary. So she kind of did a lot of check-ins and checkouts for people coming onto base and things like that. Um, as far as like, a, I think it was like a clerical office where they kept their medical records or something like that. So, yeah. Did she go into the military because she wanted to serve or it just was a job that she got? Um, she went into the military to actually get her citizenship. Um, she is from Panama, Panama City. She came here for, like, she was here on a student visa for high mm-hmm. school and stuff. You know, when she turned 18, it was either go back to Panama or stay. And she decided she wanted to join the military to get her citizenship. I didn't even know that that's 
it's a thing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I didn't know it either until I had to do like a school project. And then I was like, oh, um, that, that's how you do that? Cool. Mm. <laughs> did you have to move a lot because of that? Um, we did move a lot because we moved a lot. My mom decided she didn't want my dad to move with us. Mm-hmm. So... I saw that whole separation at an early age where, you know, they were still married technically and they were still, you know, husband and wife. And my mom would actually specifically send my dad to go live somewhere else so that she wouldn't have to live with him in her new duty station. Yeah, it was was a weird kind of... situation growing up (laughs) that's hard to witness and hard to understand at a young age even at old age it's just hard to to process that It, it really was um and still to this day like my dad actually just like told me like a couple weeks ago that you know he feels guilty for not being there for us 100 percent. but then it's like i have to reassure my dad i was like it wasn't technically your fault you were just kind of doing what your wife told you to do you were kind of doing what you thought was best at the time my dad was never in the military he was what what you call it is the the spouse <laughs> he never served or anything and you know my dad did the best that he could um, my mom, I want to say, kind of ruined that relationship for me at a young age because she, there was times I did want my dad in the picture and I did want my dad to come to things. And she would always tell me, my dad doesn't care about me. My dad doesn't want to be there for us or he doesn't do anything for us. And it's like, no, <laughs> I know the truth, lady. So that's the whole reason why we have the boundaries right. at this age in my life. Right. And you're really working hard. It's even, I, I should say, through this podcast and in life <laughs> to to be the best mom that Jennifer can be without bringing the past into the present. Oh yeah, it's one of those things where like I have to kind of take a deep breath and I'm like, okay, I didn't want this when I was little, so let me cuz sometimes I don't feel like playing with my kids. Let's just be honest. We're, oh, we're 100%. <laughs> I say that all the time. I say that all the time. We don't have to I I really whoever knows me well, whoever really knows me well knows that one of my biggest challenges are to sit on the floor. First of all, I'm 43. I'm so much older than you. So at this, maybe when I was younger, a younger mom, it was easier for me and I was excited. But now I have a two-year-old and he was born when I was past 40 and it was a huge, huge, huge miracle for us and excitement. But for me to sit on the floor and play blocks with him and to, to just be in the moment with him or to go to the playground and really enjoy the time more than five to 10 minutes with him. The first five, 10 minutes are exciting, but afterwards, like it really like, it's really hard for me. And as you say, the guilt, the guilt, am I a bad Mm -hmm. mom? Am I not doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Why can't I just be in the moment? Why can I see the joy? Why can I disconnect from everything else that's going on? But it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to do. I think the biggest gift I gave to myself as a mom was acknowledging it and saying, it's okay that it's hard and it doesn't make me a bad mom. It really doesn't make me a bad mom. I try the best I can. There are different stages in life. My oldest is 16, almost 17. I'm dealing with teenagers, different stages, and it's really hard to play on the floor when you're juggling deep emotional stuff with teenagers or or running around and there's so much to do. There's just so much to do. So to be present is hard. It's a lot. It it is hard. Like sometimes I'm like, okay, I'll play Barbies and I'll sit on the floor for five to 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, that's, I feel like that's enough, but Yeah. They can go for hours. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we have to understand, I think, and acknowledge that we're we're much older and it's hard to pretend. Like we're acting and we're pretending that we're little when we're not. But yeah. we need to be there emotionally for them. But it it doesn't make it doesn't mean that we're not good parents if we're not sitting on the floor and building with them. And kudos to those parents that have it in them. Like, wow, your kids are blessed and amazing and you're lucky, they're lucky. But for the moms that cannot do it and it takes a lot out of them, it's okay. It's okay. As long as you're not neglecting them and you're showing up for them and you're hearing them and you're there for them, it doesn't mean 
that you need to be on the floor playing with them a few hours a day. Yep. I try to do activities that like coloring. So it's kind of quiet and mellow and it's Mm -hmm. not like, it doesn't take a lot of energy out of myself Mm -hmm. to do these things. So, you know, sometimes she's for it and sometimes she's not. So, but at least, you know, like I tried. You know how they say younger kids, younger smaller problems, older kids, bigger problems. I don't believe in that at all. I love hanging out with my older children. I even my six year old, she's she's my friend. We travel together, we have fun together, we do art together, and I can relate to her mind. I can have conversations with her. With my two year old, like it's the conversations are really short and they're they're cute and everything, but they're not like meaningful conversations unless he's expressing a new word. But my older kids, they're my friends. We're having so much fun together. Like I. I love the next stage of life and I can't wait for the even the next stage of life. I connect more to those that I can have deep, meaningful conversations with and have a good time that I as well as am enjoying that good time, not only them, you know? I don't believe in bigger kids, bigger problems, but maybe life will teach me otherwise. But for now, I'm bigger kids, bigger joys. And (laughs) like, it's just more entertaining for me. I love the cute little conversations with little kids. Trust me. It's like, how many times can I talk about Elmo and Paw Patrol? Yeah. (laughs) And all of those things. And it's like, oh, I remember when my daughter was like that age and she had Elmo on repeat, like Sesame Mm -hmm. Street. I was like, oh my God. This is going to be the death of me. I remember going out with friends and I remember saying, oh, did you guys watch that new episode of Elmo? And I was like, oh my God, this is my life now. Like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) All my friends just kind of looked at me like, yeah, you need to get out more. (laughs) Yes, we have those realities. Or baby shark or things that you heard from when I know that when my 16 year old was little, it was Blue's Clues. And now when I see Blue's Clues, I'm like, oh, my God, we don't have a TV at home now. But when (laughs) my son was my oldest was younger, it was all about the TV. And Uh it just was such a different reality. And it just sets us back when we hear something about Blue's Clues or Paprika (laughs) or something like that. It's just a a time in our life. Right. And it's just but in a way it's that moment in our life where we were and it's okay it's really okay like and we we need to we need to give us so much acceptance and acknowledgement for where we do show up because being a mom is a lot of work and it's a lot of emotional work physical work and if we have a business so we're tearing ourselves between making money showing up and our our passion, which is our children and how do we do it properly? And then our, our spouses and then communities and whatever. So it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. So we have yes. to like acknowledge that and look at ourselves and say, wow, look how powerful we are. Look how much we yes. do. My biggest struggle is family life and a social life. Because I know like you're supposed to kind of intertwine those two. At the same time, you kind of want your own friends, your own like separate life outside of the house. So those are my kind of, those are my biggest struggles. It's like, I'm so exhausted from dealing with my family, like my husband and my daughter. And then when it's time to actually hang out with my friends, I'm like, oh, I don't really want to go. Yeah. <laughs> kind of psych myself up. Yeah. But then you're happy you went. I'm happy that I went. Yeah. And then I kind of feel guilty coming home because I'm like missed out on whatever happened at home. And it's like, I never have like a happy like balance. Right. So it's something to work on. It's something to work (laughs) on. To be present (laughs) and to be okay to disconnect and to gift it to yourself. Oh, yeah. And, and I think know. a lot of moms don't express that either because like you sit there and you say like, oh, I want a social life. And that's something that you get. And then there's you have like my thing is you have like three categories. So you have like your husband and wife friends and then you have your mom friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you have like your personal friends that have mm. no kids. And it's hard to to juggle all three of those groups because it's like when you're with your husband and wife friends, that means your husband either comes with you and that means you still have to kind of tag along somebody else. And then you have your mom friends and then you tag along your kid. And then you have your personal friends that have nothing to do with either one of those. And then you feel kind of guilty for leaving your kid and your husband out because it's like, oh, well my friends but like you know I feel bad for not including somebody and it's like no because sometimes you have to take this time for you right self-care that's right. another thing self-care right. yeah so it, it definitely is and also we like we have to shift the emotions oh, very yes. fast right <laughs> 
from being from being with the parent mode to the social uh, mode to the fun mode to the serious mode present mode so we're constantly shifting our emotions and and our mindset so yeah it's it, it could be a juggle and it could be and it shifts within life by the way yeah. you'll see within life like it shifts those those categories shift those friends shift and it, it's just something that just evolves and it's and we have to remember to be present in whatever it is that we choose to do whatever the choice is be present and be okay yeah. with it like don't beat yourself up on your choice because then you're oh, no. you're, you're a lose-lose you lost on what you you said no to but you're also losing what you're saying yes, yes to, to right mm-hmm. because you're beating yourself up on it so definitely we have to be more present and exercise that a little bit more <laughs> i want to hear more about what it's like to live with someone that is going through ptsd so a little background on yeah that. let's give them background yeah the background <laughs> yes i'm always doing backgrounds yes it's important <laughs> It is important. It's like setting up the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I married my husband on June 9th of last year. Um, he is medically retired from the Navy. And when we met, he was very forthcoming with all of his stuff, um, his issues and all of that. And, you know, I was kind of forthcoming with mine, especially coming out of a relationship that was very toxic and very abusive. And I was dealing with court and all of that for my daughter. Um, so I kind of had a little PTSD myself. What it's like living with somebody with those types of traumas and PTSD and all of that, it, there's good days and then there's bad days. And then there's days where you're just kind of in between. So you kind of have to, I don't want to say assess your situation, but it's kind of one of those things where you kind of have to, you know, kind of look out for your surroundings. How do they wake up? Um, are they in a good mood when they woke up? Are, is it like, what are the tasks for the day? Is it going to be challenging tasks? Is it going to be difficult tasks? Is it going to be frustrating tasks? So all of those things, you know, kind of play a part in how you manage it. Um, for me, it's about kind of taking the stress off of him for most of those tasks. I'm not saying I have to do everything for him because sometimes you do need to not baby them, but you also need to make sure they're self-efficient. So a lot of those tasks, making sure that like I take care of like the household stuff, like dinner, laundry, clean up the house, um, running errands, like grocery shopping, things like that, where those situations could be extremely stressful and frustrating because, you know, well, for instance, like grocery shopping, if the stores are too crowded, he gets very frustrated. He's very antsy, very like snippy with me. Mm-hmm. So I go grocery shopping. I usually mm-hmm. ask him, what does he want from the store? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we'll go together, but we'll go on like the non-busiest days or we'll go super early in the morning before like the rush comes in. So that way we kind of avoid the crowds. We kind of do those things. For me, I don't have an issue with crowds. I have an issue with more of one-on-one. I'm always reading between the lines of every conversation that I ever have with anybody. So it's kind of like... You're very analytic. Yes. So what do they mean by that? Does that mean I'm a bad person? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not even, I need to stop doing that. (laughs) It's not even that serious. You know, it's more like, oh, well, you forgot to take out trash, the trash. And I'm like, did I not take out the trash? Did I not do it right? You know, and I'm always like on edge like that. So that's for me. But with my husband, it's more just like assessing the situation of day-to-day tasks. There's things where I can't avoid the frustration. And sometimes I just, I kind of just have to kind of close my mouth and be quiet. Because if I say anything to add to that frustration, it just makes it worse. Mm -hmm. And there's really no, at this point in time, there's really for us as a couple, there's no, there's no salute. There's not really a solution to it because it's more of like, he kind of has to overcome that Mm -hmm. in order to get better, you know, kind of like face your fear type of thing. But he also has to realize that there's another person involved too. Learning how to how to interact with it. each yeah. other, yeah. what's a trigger, how what's to be not. careful. But I like the way you said there's no, what did you say? You said it was, there's no solution yeah, there's right no solution. now. You're not trying to fix what's broken. No. You're trying to work with what you have. That Pretty is much. such an important lesson right there. You're not trying to fix what's broken. And you know that he is going through a very difficult time and you can't make him 
happy and not snippy all the time and not have this PTSD and you cannot make him be okay with crowds. Yeah. But what you could do is avoid crowds and you can try to make it easier for him when he is with crowds or or understand his frustration and say, okay, when he's snippy, it's not about me and deal mm-hmm. with it. Because we're, we're the very beginning of our relationship, I always thought it was a me issue. And it was like, what did I do wrong? You know, it's kind of like, oh my God, did I do something wrong? And for the longest, I was kind of like crying about it. And I was just, you know, this is my fault. This is, you know, this is all me. And and then I talked to, I actually joined the caregivers group and mm-hmm. learned that a lot of their husbands and their spouses were doing the same exact thing. So it wasn't me. Right. <laughs> it was, it was the, the, the trauma behind it. It wasn't me at all. Like it's something that, yeah, I, I probably said, something wrong in that situation that I shouldn't have said but you know you can just kind of fix that and not say that ever again or kind of reward how you say things or your tone or something like that or explain yeah I explain and so it was just it was kind of just like more of me tweaking of how I was handling it it wasn't necessarily my fault. It was, yeah, he's got to do these things. But at the same time, I also can not yell back. You know, I don't have to yell at him. I don't have to get snippy. I don't have to have an attitude. I can just say, you know what? How about we just go home and I come back and I finish your grocery shopping or something like that? Or how about we just do this one last aisle and then we'll leave and then I'll come back later or something, you know, kind of compromising or changing my tone. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like those things that I learned from the caregivers group of how to like manage it because at the same time, you know, he's going through something. I can't fix that. I can, I'm never going to fix that. That's just, that's his thing. Right. That's his trauma. It's, it's nothing that it's his I work. Can, yeah. It's not my work. It's all to him. That is such a big lesson that, you know, we're all about being okay now and trying to avoid the hurt and the sadness. And we're so fast to say, how can we fix this? What can we do to fix this? But Uh sometimes we have to know this is not my stuff. This is not about me. It's not my area to fix. And I can't fix it. I can't. I could support. I could be empathetic. I could be helpful. I could try not to hurt as much as he's hurting or to avoid it, but I can't fix it. And I think that realization and that showing up to ourselves and saying, we are not here to fix situations that are not in our control. And the only thing we can fix is ourselves. That is a huge, huge, huge step in a relationship. It's huge. Mm -hmm. And, And it's amazing that you're 30 and you know that. A lot of people go through life and they don't realize that and they're trying to continue and fixing through life when there's not really much to fix. So my question to you is like, how do you hold on to hope and to love when when basically you're waiting for them to fix themselves and show up? Like, how does that work? Well, I take it day by day. Um, Growing up, like my mom had PTSD. And she had, I don't want to say, she had a whole bunch of medical issues that she never got fixed still Mm -hmm. to this day. And so I kind of have to learn that at an early age, you know, take it day by day. It's not necessarily going to... You're not gonna. You're not gonna get the fairy book fairy tale ending. So for me, learning that at an early age is kind of I don't want to say a good thing, but it also kind of killed my childhood a, a little bit. You know, because you grow up and you you kind of want perfect. You know, and you kind of want to believe perfect. For me, reality set in at 13, and when I was 13, perfect was not. It was never going to happen. My life was never going to be perfect. I was never going to get the the love and support that I wanted from my mom. I was never going to get the love and support that I thought I was getting out of relationships. So I just kind of took it day by day. And now I am in a good spot. I'm kind of self-aware of all my emotions and my issues. And I have a husband that loves me and I love him. And, you know, we take it day by day, (laughs) sadly. The hope is there. It's gaining perspective. Yeah, it's perspective. It's more of like, you know, life is not perfect. And that's one thing you have to understand in general. That's just a general statement. Because if you are looking for perfect, if you're looking for the fairy tale, I hate to break it to you, but it's not going to happen. It just doesn't exist. And everybody has flaws. Everybody has faults. And Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where you, when they say marriages work, 
it's legit a job. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's so true. And it's never ending. It's constant. It's never ending. Yes. If you You stopped working the relationship, exactly. You have to show up. You have to be present. It's kind of like clocking in. When you wake up, you're clocking in. You're like, okay, I am going to do X, Y, and Z for my husband, or I'm going to feel X, Y, and Z about today. And it's just like a workplace. Some days you go in and you clock in and you're feeling on top of the world and like you got this. And then you have that one angry customer that shows up and just kind of ruins your day. So mm-hmm. kind of the same thing in marriage. It's work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it you, have work. To, you have to take it day by day because if you don't, you're just kind of setting yourself up for failure as well. Do you ever have moments of gratitude for the relationship you have and the deep connection? Oh, yes. I am grateful for him every single day because I feel like if I did not have him, I honestly would not be healing myself from my childhood, my domestic violence situation. I would not be healing from any of that. I would be self-sabotaging myself and still going back to that toxic relationship. So he's giving you space to heal and he's accepting you with all the pain that you came to, to this marriage and giving you the ability to be you and to love you the way you are. Yeah. And I, I have to learn how to love him the way he is. And that's one, as I said, marriage is work. You just like, everybody has flaws and you either accept them or you just don't, but Mm -hmm. you're going to go to the next relationship expecting perfect and realize that they have flaws and Mm -hmm. it's just going to be this never ending cycle. And at some point you have to kind of look at yourself and you're like, okay, I'm not perfect either. So why am I expecting perfect? Do you have dreams? Dreams as far as like waking up and showering in peace. (laughs) (laughs) I get you. You mean without someone banging on the door? I actually posted in a, in a mom's group recently. Kids teach you to have the simplest joy, joy, like taking a shower without someone knocking at your door. Uh (laughs) Like I literally have like days where I'm like, okay, nobody's home. That means I can actually shave my legs and I can do a facial really quickly. (laughs) But do you have dreams for like mental health, like future and for your, your life? I do. I actually am starting to be more of a big advocate for veterans. I'm a big advocate for that, a big advocate for childhood ADHD. Um, Just because I, background on that, I was a parent that believed that my kid was just behaving badly. Like they just had this bad tick in them, you know? It really was so much more until I was like, you know, there's something, there might be something seriously wrong with her, you know? Like maybe it's like, you know, a neurological, Mm -hmm. I can't even talk right now, but like a a mental thing, you know? Maybe it's just something that she hasn't learned. Maybe it's a social thing that she hasn't learned. Maybe I'm not putting her in the right schools, you know, things like that. I got her tested and she has ADHD. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, wow. You know, and for the longest, like we were kind of like against doing the medication for her and doing all of that. And it got to the point where it was like, okay, are we going to drive ourselves crazy trying to correct every wrong behavior and try to try everything in the book? Or are we going to actually give her something that can help her? for school and home, (laughs) Mm. you know, because we're not at school with her. So she can come home and get the corrective behavior all day long, but she's going to school and not getting that. So Mm. we got her on medication and I would like to shine a light on that because a lot of people think it's just bad parenting, bad behavior. And it's really so much more than that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also a big advocate for um, domestic violence. I was a person who stayed in the relationship for way too long. I I chose it some of the times because I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. And then I also was stuck in it. So, and a lot of people just go, which irritates me, <laughs> just goes, why didn't you just leave? Because it's not mm-hmm. that simple. It's really not. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have children involved, you have money involved and you're also isolated safety what about safety safety and your family and friends are not no longer willing to help you Mm. so you have all of those things that's in place and then shelters only help you out for a certain amount of time and then you either have to go back to the situation or you have to find a new situation to go Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of reasons why people don't leave and i really hate that thing where people go why didn't you just leave because it wasn't that easy (laughs) it was that easy i would have just did it (laughs) i love that i love that you 
you give permission to those that are trying so hard to leave to understand that it's not easy and not fault themselves because a part of the I would say negative talk is like why am I not just doing what's good for me because it's hard because there's obstacles along the way because it's a process it's really not helpful to hear why didn't you just xyz my husband always says if you're not prepared to do the xyz for the person don't just say why didn't you do the xyz exactly. <laughs> if you're not providing a solution and a and a source of help don't just say why didn't you do this because you uh -huh. don't know what it's like and you don't know what the process is like. So to say it, even if you, even if one, let's say, got divorced and left their husband and, and went on or whatever, that doesn't mean that the situation is the same and they definitely shouldn't judge what you went yep. through. So I, I admire that. So what are you doing for that? Um, I'm actually going to start volunteering uh, next year. So I'm going to put myself in a lot of volunteering state programs. And also I hope to... Um, start my life coaching um, business next year and start helping some of these people, you know, with the stigma behind all of that and, you know, provide resources and provide help for them. That's so beautiful. So you're all about helping and changing what was a challenge for you and trying to improve it for others, not fix it, but improve it and provide resources, hope, strength, inspiration. That's beautiful. That's really, yeah, it's really always beautiful. Not in, it's, not, it's not inventing the wheel. It's just changing how people look at the invented wheel. So it's like, you know, painting a new color on it or, you know, changing the, the shape, the size of it, you know, so that's or, kind of... Or like, improving... Yeah improving yeah. it a little bit. Yep. That, that's mm -hmm. really, really, really special. Wow. You have a lot going on. And and I must say that since you're a little girl, it sounds like you really worked with hope and you held down to hope and you lived today as today and maybe tomorrow will be better. Mm -hmm. And you didn't judge the past for the future. And you just were trying to be present with the now. Yeah. That's that's kind of how I am every day. I'm just like, okay, I take a deep breath. And I'm like, okay, well, today's today. And what do I have to do? And just kind of tackle today's problems, mm. not tomorrow's problems, not yesterday's problems, just what I have to do today. So that's, that's, that's amazing. What does hope mean to you? It's going to get better. It's never, I read something on Facebook and this is the best way I can kind of, because I have it on my, like, um, my Apple watch as one of the, my little pictures to remind myself daily. Um, it, it means like only focusing on like kind of what I said, what you can deal with. Um, hope is one of those things where you have to just kind of don't expect too much. I've, I've, I'm a big believer in like, I never expect anything from anybody. So when someone does something for me, it's kind of like, oh my God, you really did this for me. I'm like mm -hmm. so grateful, you know, because mm -hmm. I don't ever expect anybody to do anything for me. Like, as I said, hope for me is just like kind of a, a broad <laughs> thing. Um, I think that like people today can actually help others. So I have for me, I have hope for our future mm -hmm. in a positive way. People have hope for our future in a negative way. Mm -hmm. And I really want to change that as well. Mm -hmm. But I have to tackle one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so at my lowest, God's my hope. At my darkest, God's my light. At my weakest, God is my strength. And at, sat at my saddest, God is my comfort. So to me, mm -hmm. that's hope. Mm -hmm. That's... Yeah. Wow. That is such a beautiful, beautiful way of putting it. That is really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. And, and for me looking at you, I see someone that's so willing to see what they do have and tackle what they don't have with the ability for finding what they have in them to be able to deal with is not working. So being present with what it is and using the resources you have to tackle what's not working well. That's and I mean, it's remarkable. That's, kind of me in a nutshell. <laughs> that's really, really remarkable. And you're doing a great job. Really a great job. You're supporting your husband so masterfully and and you're you, you lowered the bar of expectations for 
a fantasy life and you yeah. said, okay, we're in reality and I'm going to enjoy my reality and I'm going to live in the reality and I won't get disappointed by raising the bar of he'll get better fast. He'll, he will be able to shop in supermarkets like everybody else or whatever yeah. it is. We'll be able to go to Disneyland together. Yeah. You just, you came back to center and you're like, okay, this is what it is. And I'm going to focus on what I do have. And he's willing to accept me the way I am. And he's helping me heal. And he's a great partner and I'll be present with that. Now I'm going to say this because it sounds perfect when you say it, <laughs> but reality, because I'm all about keeping it real on my podcast. Um, reality is there's days where I legit hate him for the, for those exact reasons. <laughs> right. I will totally be honest. And some days I'm just like, why can't he just do it like normal people? Why can't he just be normal? Why can't I just be normal? So there's, there's days where I don't have good days. I don't have hope. I don't have that, you know, but I kind of, like you said, come back at the end of my day and I'm like, you know, it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I'll go to bed angry, which we all shouldn't do, but mm-hmm. it's natural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I'll wake up in the morning and realize, okay, you know, maybe I was kind of a little cuckoo yesterday. Like <laughs> that wasn't me, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think we all have those times. Yeah. It's, and I think it's completely normal. And if you're not feeling like that, then you might want to kind of reassess, you know, like not actually reassess it, but just like kind of look at it and be like, okay, am I expecting too much or am I expecting too little? Because sometimes you can expect too little and actually not really get what you need out Mm -hmm. of certain things you know sometimes you lower the bar way too low and and you don't see yourself exactly right so you might want to kind of like check in check in you know check into your emotions have a conversation with yourself like i (laughs) i say this all the time to my friends i'm like even my husband sometimes he's like are you talking to yourself i'm like yes I need to, I need to have a little chat with myself. Okay. (laughs) I love that. I love that. By the way, the other day, I love that. Can I just interrupt you? And then you're going to continue because I need to share this. The other day I saw someone talking to themselves and my immediate reaction in the street was, Oh my God, I wonder if she's, if she's not okay. And then I said to myself, Matana, that is the most crazy thing that you should, we should talk to ourselves all the time without feeling guilty that we're talking to ourselves because we are talking to ourselves in our mind all the time, all the mm-hmm. time, all the, all time. the time. So why can't we talk to ourselves out loud? And why do we put and a stigma we... on it that every person that's talking to themselves is crazy? Yep. And sometimes when you actually talk to yourself out loud, you can hear it and you're like, oh, yes, maybe I am being a little too, mm. <laughs> yeah. maybe I'm not actually putting enough importance on this, you know, yes. like you can hear it. And that's sometimes what you need right. to do. I was literally thinking about it last week. Like, why do we judge people that talk to themselves in the street? Like, why is that not a normal thing? Why should we not talk to ourselves when we're along? When we're with somebody, we could talk to them. But when we're with ourselves, we can't talk to ourselves. Like, nope. why? Exactly. It's not only for crazy people, you guys. Yeah, so do what Jennifer <laughs> does. Talk to yourself. <laughs> people may look at you crazy, but at the same time, just realize you're doing it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And those people that look at you crazy, probably they need to re- they need to talk to themselves. <laughs> mm, I like that. So you were, you reassess and you talk to yourself and you see where you're holding and what what's yeah. working, what's not working, what can be approved with yourself, what feels, what doesn't feel. Like every morning, I have a conversation with myself. I'm not going to even lie. I do. I have a conversation mm-hmm. with myself, and sometimes I beat myself up and I'm like, "Okay, Jennifer, you're being unrealistic. You're being like, you're being annoying." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to check. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to check yourself because sometimes like maybe you kind of did overreact the day before, Mm. or maybe you, you know, you didn't actually stress how you felt, you know, enough. Every time I have an argument with my husband, I always replay it in my head and I always talk to myself about it out loud. Mm -hmm. That way I can kind of see his point, my point. And then I'm like, okay, you know, you know, maybe I'm, I was kind of Nice. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. You know, nice. and I apologize for things that I did say that were nice. wrong. That's really impressive. If we take away one thing from this conversation is start <laughs> talking to yourself more often. Start yeah. listening to yourself. Start check respecting. Yourself. Yeah, yes. check in with yourself. Yeah, yeah. So Jennifer, we're com- we're, we need to bring this to uh, this beautiful conversation to an end. Is there, <laughs> I, I really am 
appreciate your wisdom and what you shared with us. Is there anything else you would like to say before we say goodbye? Is there anything um, else that you can share with us? I would just like to say thank you for having me on. I'm a big advocate for self-care. Um, so if talking to yourself is self-care, do that. If taking five minutes to cry in your closet is self-care, <laughs> do that. Take a minute to to do something for yourself Mm -hmm. out of the whole entire 24 hours that we have you need to take time for yourself because if you don't nobody else is going to do it for you it's so interesting i'm going to wrap that up and say that today on my coaching call with my coach that i'm so grateful i have i said i he said this is uh something that you need to write down and he said sometimes and I said this, and he's like, you have to write that down. And I said, sometimes we need to be our own oxygen mask. Sometimes we need to be our own oxygen mask. A lot of times we lean on others, but sometimes we need to dig down and say, okay, how, what, what is the self-care? I, where is my oxygen mask? What am I going to do for myself to elevate whatever is going on, that feeling that's not working or that needs to be adjusted or feel better or, <laughs> or yeah. anything like that. So it's very appropriate to what you said and it's, it all comes together. Jennifer, where can people find you? Um, so I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. And they're both under mom to wife plus life. Um, I think on Facebook, if you type in that Jen girl, it's under there as well. I have it under two different things. So you can search either way. And um, the podcast too, on it's available on 11 platforms. I believe it's on Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, and um, that's just the name of a few. Of all of the big ones. All the big ones. Yeah, much. all the big ones. So <laughs> And it's Mom to Life Plus Life. And you'll see like a little avatar character juggling a whole bunch of life stuff. So yeah. that, that's me. Right. And uh, you guys can go check it out. And you know, if you like it, subscribe. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. And uh, follow Jennifer because she, she has so much that she wants to share with the world and so much hope that she has for the world. And we're grateful for Jennifer and for a big heart and for showing up as a human, as a mom, as a soldier of life, as a spouse, and and really as a symbol of being open, raw, real, and getting through the day. Yep. That's pretty much all you can do. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. I hope you got some good tips from this because there was really good nuggets of survival and uh, how to tackle life and how to support one with still seeing yourself and and seeing both of you together and them. So it's, it's a combination. So we learned a lot from Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer, for joining us and hope to see you at the next episode. Thank you for joining us and taking the time to listen. I really appreciate it. Please hit the subscribe button so you can hear further episodes. If you are listening to us on iTunes, please leave feedback and ratings below. Let us know if there's any topic that you would like to hear from us in the future. Bye till next time.